G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. Sometimes many deaf children have hearing um, mum and dad, and the parents does no sign language, and they, many times they are not interested in learning it, which is a pity. In Korea and in, in many other places, the deaf community is often forgotten. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. In 1965, Neville Muir sponsored a deaf Korean child through World Vision. Little did he know that the simple act of sponsoring a child would lead to a life spent spreading the Christian message to deaf communities around the world by starting Deaf Ministries International, or DMI. His widow, Lil Muir, is joining us today on the phone from her home in Melbourne to tell us their story and the story of DMI. She's chatting with Eric Scadabo. Lil Muir, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. And before we get started finding out your story and the story of how Deaf Ministries International started, I just want to say thank you for letting me know what my name means. <laughs> I should say you were born and raised in Norway. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And my surname is Skadabo, and that is a Norwegian surname. I come from Norwegian heritage, and I wasn't always sure what my name meant, but you said there was two possibilities of what that meant. One was not so good and one was very good. So the not so good one is scat means pay your taxes. <laughs> is, is that right? Or, or the alternative? Yes. The alternative meaning is something else. What What is the alternative meaning of scatabo? Oh, uh, scat can mean uh, a treasure. Yes. Yeah, and for parents, you know, it's the best treasure they can ever have. Oh yes, I love it. It's sounding good. Yeah. And bow at the end. Uh, Scott the Boo. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Boo means uh, a place to live, or you can also use it for, uh, you know, a house. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on the sentence or the dialect where you come from. Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually, I'm learning that I'm pronouncing my own name incorrectly. It's Scadaboo, not Scadabo. Uh, yeah, uh, in, 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 in the we say Scott Scott and yeah. I, I like this alternative meaning a place of or home of treasure, a treasured yeah. place. Yeah, keep on that one and forget the other one. Yeah, forget about the you must pay your taxes one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to stay with the better one. Yes, uh, that definitely is the correct translation as far as I'm concerned. But anyhow, mm-hmm. let's get back to your story. You were born and raised in Norway. Tell us about growing up in Norway. Uh, yes, I grew up there and um, I had lovely parents and parents who had wanted to have many children. And unfortunately, they ended up having only one child. And uh, that was me. Oh, so you're an only child? Yeah, I'm the only uh, only child. And were you a Christian family? Yes, yes. 
both mom and dad was uh, a devoted Christian. So I grew up in a home where my mom kneeled uh, every night and prayed for for our family and and extended family and for friends and I don't know <laughs> she would have forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> and and she was quite brave. She came even to visit me uh, here in Australia at least two three times. Well, so, that leads um, me that leads me to my next question. How did you eventually wind up here in Australia? Well, um, I guess that has something to do with uh, my marriage. <laughs> okay, well, tell us. What's the story? Uh, yeah, I met Neville, I think, first time, um, possibly at an international Christian conference that happened to be, I think it was in Norway. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, casually sort of got to meet each other and talk or whatever. But uh, because I learned English uh, as a child, mm-hmm. uh, with my father being a merchant sailor and mom and dad had an only child and the company let uh, mom and dad be on board. Mm-hmm. So I was on board with um, mom and dad for, for quite some time. And oh. uh, every port we went to, I had to speak English, you know. Oh, okay. And then, of course, uh, when I got to school in Norway and gradually the, the second or third year, they started to teach English uh, mm-hmm. to the students in school. So so then, then, then a mom and I lived at home in Norway and dad came back every year or so. Mm-hmm. And that that was how the, how it was in the old days. The the fellows were out quite a long time before they could come home. Uh, nowadays, I think they're out three weeks or something mm-hmm. at the time. Oh, okay. Now let's uh, stop your story and go to Neville. So he was born and raised in Australia. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, and and he also was raised by uh, a Christian parents, mm-hmm. and uh, he had um, two brothers. And so, so we're quite, quite a, a close-knit family, and I have 10 grandkids, and uh, we, we meet up, you know, every time there is a birthday party, we meet up, and oh, that's uh, great. if there's something else, <laughs> for fun, so, yeah. I should probably invite you to our home sometime, because it is a place of treasure. Right, there you go. <laughs> By getting back to you, how did Neville wind up in Norway to meet you. What was the story? What brought him to Norway? No, yeah, I, I, I really think it was, uh, we probably met at uh, one of these international conferences or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And so we got to know each other and then uh, there were more conferences and, uh, and he loved traveling. But, you know, it was sort of um, love at first Oh, okay. All right. Um, Yeah, and um, I, I think it was uh, the same for both of us, and uh, we had a wonderful life together. Yes. Sadly, he passed away about a year ago or so. Yes, I know. Yeah, and that was that was cancer mm. and uh, it, the cancer went into his lymph nodes mm. and by the time it 
did that, then the, it, it, it went very quickly downward. Mm. Yeah. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. And how old were you when you met him? Um, let me see. Possibly 25, 26 or something, I think. I wasn't, you know, we, we weren't the very, very young ones hmm. to, to get married. So in, in, the, in our 20s, both of us. Yeah. So how did you feel about leaving your home country to go to this place where there's kangaroos and, and go <laughs> well, down under? Yeah, well, it's very interesting, you know. We haven't, uh, we didn't have uh, animals like that in Norway. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and and also uh, because I was used to a lot of travel, and I met this man. It was like, you know, I, I, honestly, I learned to pray for a good husband long time before. I met Neville, mm. and when I was a teenager, somebody said that. And so I thought, okay, you know, there's nobody around, you know, that I'm interested in or anything. Um, but I had that prayer that mm -hmm. if the Lord wanted me to be married, you know, mm -hmm. uh, give me some uh, good one. <laughs> 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 and so even though he wasn't from your own country, you were open to the possibility of traveling. To another yeah, country to live. Yeah, it 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 sort of I don't know didn't face me at all if he mm. if he was a foreigner you know. Oh okay. Uh, and and we got to know each other so so well and because I learned English early we could have good conversations and yeah. we could uh, talk on uh, well in in the early days it, it was very expensive to talk on the phone. But fortunately, that really changed, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, so uh, when that changed, we could talk anytime. And uh, I, I guess I remember we were out in the woods somewhere and mm -hmm. uh, beautiful mountains and a, a river. And so I ended up, I was the one who ended up and say, well, don't you have any question that you're going to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> so you instigated it. <laughs> he was very shy about around ladies. Okay. And and there were lots of ladies who had wanted to marry him. Mm. Um, but you got and, him. <laughs> yeah, I got him, yeah. <laughs> so what did he say when you said, don't you have a question? Um, oh, then I, I think we just laughed or something, and uh, yeah, it, it, then it, you know, it all blossomed after that. <laughs> so he eventually asked you to marry him, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you eventually moved to Australia to live and settle. Uh, yeah, you know, and like my mom said, you know, um, mom was really down to earth with everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even though I was the one and only daughter, uh, one and only child, yeah. and she said, well, you know, it's it's so much better for you and Neville to, when you eventually settle down somewhere, you should settle down in an English-speaking uh, place mm -hmm. because uh, you know English well and that will be much, so much easier for, for Neville. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had... My mom was just absolutely thought that was the right idea, mm -hmm. and so I had no problems there.
you're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scanabo is chatting with Lil Muir. She's the widow of Neville Muir, who was the founder of Deaf Ministries International, or DMI. She'll share more of their life together and more of the story of DMI when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is Lil Muir, who's joining us from her home in Melbourne. She's the widow of Neville Muir, who was the founder of Deaf Ministries International, or DMI. Next, Lil will share more about their life together and how Neville's interest in ministering to deaf people all started back in 1965, when he began sponsoring a deaf Korean child through World Vision. Now, here's more of Lil's chat with Eric Scatterbo. So after we got married, then we started traveling from place to place and and we started Deaf Ministries because uh, Neville realized that was a very distinctly forgotten people group. Yeah, well, let's let's Um, back up before we get to the starting of the ministry. Let's go back to 1965. uh, Yeah, Uh, well... Neville had traveled to Korea quite a bit. Mm-hmm. and um, With ministry? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, met Du Xiong, is his name. Mm-hmm. And um, they were not, not a rich family, rather poor. Mm-hmm. And in those days, there was a, a lot of people in Korea that were, were poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he wanted to establish something that he can could do uh, per month or something something decent mm-hmm. so that this family uh, would have a, a chance and that's really how it happened okay so it began by sponsoring a child and then mm-hmm. eventually in 1979 mm-hmm. you and Neville moved to South Korea to establish a small church for the deaf is that right yeah yeah yeah, he's established church there too, and there there was sort of nothing that he was afraid of to to start to do. If that was, if he had a sensation that this is something God wants us to do, then we do it. Yeah. Whether yeah. we had money or we don't have money. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like he always had a heart for deaf children. Where did that come from? Well, that comes from the the uh, meeting up with this first deaf young boy. Mm-hmm. Yi Du Xiong is his name, and we're still in touch with him and his wife and everybody. He's the one that he first sponsored? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he learn sign language and all that's needed to minister uh, to deaf children? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was a professional with sign language. Oh, okay. And honestly, I don't know actually how many sign languages that he could cope with. Because even if he came into a country that didn't use a language that he, a sign language that he was familiar with, he would right away try to connect with the local deaf 
community, mm-hmm. and then he would gradually pick up one word after the other and make it sentences, and and then it went from there. Oh, I didn't realize that from country to country, sometimes sign language differs. Is that right? Oh, just it's it's almost as bad as the the hearing. Oh, okay, just like different and languages. They even have they even have so called dialects. Oh, sign so language have, dialects. Wow. Yeah, you know, like like there's a, a little bit different uh, spin on how you you say things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the same thing happens sort of in in a sign language too. Well, it sounds like he was very good at that, and so he started a church, and the very boy that he initially sponsored was in that church. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after that one church, then there was one more church, and another church, and another church, and then deaf pastors, you know, and mm-hmm. they're fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. And, and it, you know, it, it, it's, it's their sign language. Mm-hmm. It's just like you using English because it's the language you're born with. Mm-hmm. And for the deaf, it sort of works the same way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes many deaf children have hearing um, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And the parents doesn't know sign language. And they, many times they are not interested in learning it. Mm. Which is a, a pity. Yeah, But yeah. I, I think uh, as time has gone further and further, with mm-hmm. you know, people are now used to see sign language on TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can even, you know, you, you can learn sign language online and all kinds of things. So there's a lot, lot more yeah. that has happened for the deaf uh, since. So why do you think it was so fruitful, your ministry there in South Korea? Um, well, in Korea and in, in many other places, the deaf community is often forgotten. Mm, yeah. And then here comes this ministry specifically for them, so they don't feel forgotten anymore. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, there's, there's a lot of work and still needs to be done, mm-hmm. especially in uh, Southeast Asia and things like that, and, and depending on on the the schooling that they get and all of that. And we should say that the ministry has spread to 19 countries now, mm-hmm. and it's gone beyond churches. Now there are schools, small factories, farm projects, mm-hmm. dormitories, Christian centers. So it's really blossoming. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we're so happy uh, with all of these things that have happened as time has gone, you know. And I, I'm sure it, it'll just continue and continue, you know, with the one generation after another now. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, they will be a, a lot more uh, accepted, you know. Mm-hmm. What was the most rewarding thing about your time of ministry, you and your husband ministering to deaf people? Um. The re- rewarding part of it, uh, I think, especially for me, it was, first of all, that we would meet all these people and they were fantastic and they were kind and generous and they wanted to teach you sign language, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, we, we just came to, to love them mm-hmm. and enjoy what we were doing. 
and and just thanking God that He had sent us to all these different places, and also uh, thank Him for the fact that we've met each other, we got married, and uh, we could help each other uh, as time went on, you know. And we have so many fantastic memories and so much gladness. Yeah, um, and so many lives that have been touched. Uh, you know, when when the Lord gets something going, huh. he, he gives so much joy to you for it. Amen. Yeah, and oh, I'm sure we've struggled here and there, and we wondered where the money was going to come from, and... You know, uh, there would be times when maybe we weren't quite as well as we wanted to be, or you know. But when I look back and think of it, I just, I just thank God for what a fantastic life I've had. You know, mm-hmm. the joy of the Lord. You know, it, it follows you, and mm. even if things go wrong and and not just the way you wanted it to be and but then you're given the strength to to this either press on or, or have an understanding that maybe it's, we need to just push back a bit mm. you know yeah so yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> wow that's how we thought yeah it sounds like a very fulfilling life and one that touched so many other lives as well you know, it, it has been absolutely so fulfilling. Yeah, I'm just, just grateful for, for, for everything. The only thing I would have absolutely loved to have happened was that Neville could have lived longer. Mm. But our lives are in the hands of the Lord, you know, so that's what we have to live with. Mm. But we both were so grateful for what we had to together and all our children, our grandchildren. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm, that's wonderful. <laughs> it ends up being quite a few things. <laughs> wow. So it sounds like you're very blessed. Your cup runneth over and you're retired now. You're enjoying your retirement years? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Mm. Well, Lil. Thank you so much for sharing your story and the story of how Deaf Ministries International started. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And thanks for asking. It's it's fun for me to be able to <laughs> try to uh, remember a few things too. Yeah, go yeah. down memory lane. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Lil Muir, who joined us today from her home in Melbourne. She's the widow of Neville Muir, who was the founder of Deaf Ministries International, or DMI. It was great to hear how God worked in their lives and how they were able to minister to so many deaf people around the world. As we'll hear next time, their legacy continues to this day. We'll speak with two people from DMI and learn more about the tremendous impact of this unique ministry. Meanwhile, for more information, their website is deafmin.com. Dot org. That's defmin, D-E-A-F-M-I-N, dot org. Finally, in the Bible, Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. And nobody is to be forgotten. And thanks to ministries like DMI, more and more deaf people from developing nations are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ and are no longer forgotten. We'll hear more about the story behind DMI next time. Until then, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. She's 13, but when I met her, she was in grade one at our school. And I said to her, why are you only in grade one? She's obviously a very bright girl. She said, well, for the first 12 years of my life, we didn't know there was a deaf school. And she said, so I've only been here at school one year. She said, since being at the school, I've learned how to sign. I've made friends. I've found a community that understands me and that I can be a part of. And I found faith in Christ. What are some of the unique challenges in ministering to deaf people? And why has this type of ministry been so fruitful? We'll find out as we speak with two guests from Deaf Ministry International. They'll share more of DMI's story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.